0: Welcome to The Church Door, a place where I can post my Bible studies and sermons for your listening pleasure. I'm the Reverend Matthew Fenn, pastor of St. Peter's Evangelical Lutheran Church in Stratford, Ontario. Thanks for tuning us in. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't think... I would be too far off the mark to suggest that we live in a highly div- divided culture. Do you think I'm right? We watch the news. Do you think we're divided? I see heads nodding. We're seg- we've segregated ourselves into our own little groups based on our political or religious or moral views. I mean, we even divide ourselves over sports. (laughs) And right now in our culture, I think we can all agree divisions are going deep. It seems like they're growing more intense by the minute. There are people, there are groups, there are ideologies out there that are seeking to fan the flames that divide our culture. Such divisions can find their ways into our families, into our own hearts and even into our churches. So this morning, I want to zero in on the issue of race. Race seems to be one of those things that continue to divide our culture and our churches. Yet none of today's social distinctions, none of our racial barriers, are more exclusive or more unrelenting than the separation between Jew and Gentile. One of the biggest problems in the early church was ethnic division based on lines of Jew and Gentile. That's why there could not be a better text for us to hear today than our reading from Ephesians 2. Now, you know I didn't pick that text. That's assigned. <laughs> so this text has to do with how do Jew baptized Jewish and Gentile Christians relate to one another in the Holy Christian Church. St. Paul will point us to peace and reconciliation that we have first with God, then with one another. So, a little background first to understand the text. Like our own land... The first century Roman Empire was a vast culturally and ethnically diverse melting pot. But in all that there no more significant divide was there than that between Jews and non-Jews, Gentiles. That distinction between Jew and Gentile, who made that distinction? God made that distinction. But the problem, that distinction is not based on race. That is not a racial divide. The problem for the Gentiles was what our text says. They were separated from the Messiah. They were detached from the community of Israel. They were foreigners to the covenants which contained the promises. They had no hope and no God and were stranded in the world. God had tied Himself Unconditionally to bring blessing upon the entire world and to do so through the nation of Israel. The Gentiles didn't have such a promise. And so to them, it might have seemed like very bad news. The Jews started to consider the Gentiles as outsiders. Why? Well, because they were not faithful Israelites. They didn't have access to the covenants with God. They were not living in response to God's mercy by seeking to obey the law of Moses. You can see that divide very clearly on issues having to do with the Sabbath, diet, and circumcision. The Jews used those things as social boundaries between themselves and the Gentiles. They created a wall, a barrier of hostility between those two groups. And that developed into an intense prejudice against Jew, between Jew and Gentile. Here's a couple examples. The Gentiles, said the Jews, were, were created by God just to fuel the fires of hell. The Jews would not even help a Gentile mother in labor... Because that would just bring another Gentile into the world. If a Jewish, if you were uh, getting married to a Gentile and you were a Jew, that was like a death in the family, casket and all. And the Gentiles, they were no better, no better at all. You can go back and read Greek and Roman authors, and they wrote viciously against the Jews. And the history of the Jewish people is one where they are constantly persecuted and oppressed by violent Gentile governments. So, long story short, there is a painful and violent history of division that separated Jew and Gentile. There was mutual hostility. There were different cultures, different convictions. And so that wall of hatred between them was absolute. And for the early church, the question of how Gentiles could be welcomed to be part of God's people without having to submit and become, to the law of Moses and become Jews, that was a very heated debate. And now, you might be thinking, all this Jew and Gentile stuff, that's not... We're done with that. They, they dealt with that. What, why do I care? But the divide between Jew and Gentile is just as big, if not bigger than any of the racial divisions that we face today. We might be reminded, as you heard what I just told you, you might be reminded of some of the things that we've faced in our lifetime and within the last few years. Apartheid in South Africa, the civil unrest following the death of George Floyd, the rise in Black Lives Matter, our own residential school scandal. These are issues that come right down to today, right? The hostility that was, the kind of hostility that we see between Jew and Gentile, it hasn't gone anywhere. It's still present down to this day. That's what sin does. It divides us. It quarantines us into our own little groups that fight. It keeps us from one another. And if we're not careful, it can happen to us. To our families, to our own hearts, to our churches, if it hasn't already. So the question then: the question is: what does Paul the apostle, what does he put forward, what does he set up to heal those wounds? To break down the wall? And the answer is found in the sacrificial death of Christ. Paul says we there's no jews here i don't i think we're all gentiles raise your hand if you're jewish great we're all gentiles we were far off we were far off and now we've all been brought near that's reconciliation to god how the blood of christ makes it possible for baptized Jews and Gentiles to come near to God. We were far off, but we were brought near by the blood of Jesus. His bloody death on the cross brings lasting peace between God and us. Because there's another division, there's another hostility, there's another alienation. That's between us and God. And Christ has ripped down that barrier, and he did so by his death. This means that Jews and Gentiles alike have the same access to God. Your salvation is not based on who you are or what you've done. You don't gain access to God because you have special brownie points. Your race does not give you a privileged status with God. Why? For by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, so that no one may boast. We are saved by grace, not by race. God justifies sinners by grace through faith, so that people of all nations can become the preview of the new creation, the new heavens and the new earth. The blood of Christ doesn't just bring you individually near to God. It also brings us near to one another. The very purpose, one of the very purposes of the death of Jesus is to reconcile Divided and alienated ethnic groups to each other in Christ. The point is that God is creating one new family in Christ who are reconciled to each other across racial lines. Not strangers. Not aliens. No hostility. No more far off. Fellow citizens of one Christian, City of God. This means that a new family is being formed, based not on race, but on God's utterly astounding grace towards us and towards the whole world. And God did this at the cost of his own son's life. Jesus has dealt with all of the hostility and division that exists between us, Christ has broken down every division and every barrier that we set up as human beings. Sin's power to divide us has come to its end. As I was sitting up here, I thought of a hymn. 653, in Christ there is no east and west. In Christ there is no east and or west. In him, no north or south but one great fellowship of love throughout the whole wide earth with god there is no tribe or race in him we all are one he loves us as his children though our faith through our faith in his dear son so brothers sisters praise his name who died to set us free from sin division hate and shame from spite and enmity is no east and west now this does not mean uniformity we don't all become honorary white males when we are baptized that's not what paul is saying one group does not fall under the power of another more dominating group instead paul says that god in christ has made one new humanity out of the two Gentiles don't become Jews. Jews don't become Gentiles. Instead, both Jews and Gentiles are united in Christ as Jew and Gentile, both. The differences remain. Differences of culture, differences of sex, economic condition, politics, opinion, those differences remain. I'm still not going to like Haggis. Right? But no one is a second-class citizen in the kingdom. No one. There might still be differences between us, but they must not lead to hostility. They must not be barriers that we erect to keep this group out. We are all one family. And no one, no one is to be treated as a stranger or an alien. Now, why is this so important? This is so important because it's about our identity. Who are we? Who am I? Who are you? How do you answer this question? What's our relationship with one another? If you say that you believe in Jesus Christ, You are confessing that there has been an end to division and hostility, an end to separation and segregation, an end to prejudice and contempt. We confess that in Jesus, God draws both those who are near and those who are far off. And we, you and I, are sent, dispatched as carriers of that reconciliation out into the world where we go the church is not a loose association a club of people who all have had the same spiritual experience and now get together from time to time to encourage one another because it's something we're interested in no the church is your family the new family Those who've died with Jesus in baptism are no longer identified by race or class or sex or anything else. When someone asks, Who are you?, how do you respond? Our new identity is in Christ. We are Christians, first and foremost, above anything else, you're Christians. The church is a tiny little outpost where people from all tribes and languages and nations and tongues come together and are welcomed into one new family. We're God's workmanship, his masterpiece, the holy temple, where God himself dwells. There are times when this has been a real issue in the church. We see it in the news. This is a problem with us. What do we do? Repent. Paul says you have access to God. Use it. Confess your sins. Receive God's forgiveness. Ask for strength to reconcile. And then do it. Be reconciled both with God and with your neighbor. You realize that when Jesus says the good Samaritan parable, he's talking about race, right? Jew and Samaritan. You realize that that precious verse that you all know. There is no distinction for all have sinned. He's talking about race. There is no distinction between Jew and Gentile. All have sinned. We must expose and condemn and remove racism wherever we find it, because racism is a fundamental denial of the work of Jesus Christ. God's love has equally saved, forgiven, accepted, blessed people of all races, of all tribes and languages and peoples and tongues. Christ died to take away hostility and prejudice from all our hearts. and That should cause us to commit ourselves to love and respect other human beings equally and to do so with deeds, not just with pious-sounding resolutions and good intentions. This can't be watered down. This is the answer to alienation, to racism, to prejudice, to hatred, and to estrangement. Division and hostility among people comes from sin. All humanity. We're all bound together in sin. What's wrong with the world is sin. The evil inside each of us. Sin is what is systemic. We can pass laws and we can curb, curb behavior, but passing laws will never get rid of sin completely, will it? Sure, we may have a rally or go on a march and we might change a few things, but that'll never get rid of the real problem ultimately, will it? The only thing that can actually completely address the issue is Jesus Christ the ultimate answer to racial hostility is not intellectual, it's not political, it's not social, it's spiritual. Jesus alone is the answer to racism. Christ has died and shed his blood for the whole lot of us. Christ can take two different groups and make them one. And he does so without removing their differences, but he still can unite them together. They're bound together with baptismal unity that transcends all the differences of race, social class, sex, or anything else we would set up to divide ourselves. The dividing walls between people have been completely and utterly obliterated in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Christ's work has reconciled us to the Father. And He's made peace among us. You are now part of a community, a multi-ethnic family. And we're all family, and no one is to be treated as a stranger or an exile. Not even you. And may that peace of God which passes all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to The Church Door. Thanks again for tuning in. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, you can reach me, Pastor Matthew Fenn, at RevFenn, R E V F E N -N, at iCloud.com. Look forward to having you with us again next time.